Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's Matthew chapter 21. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is God's word. We have our hymn on your yellow sheet. We have four stanzas on the front side and two on the back. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captive free, to take away transgression, and rule in equity. He comes with succor speedy to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong, to give them songs for sighing their darkness turned to light, whose souls condemned and dying were precious in his sight. He shall come down like showers upon the fruitful earth, and joy in hope like flowers spring in his path to birth. 
Before him on the mountain shall peace the herald go, and righteousness in fountains from hill to valley flow. Arabia's desert ranger to him shall bow the knee. The Ethiopian stranger his glory come to see. With offerings of devotion, ships from the isle shall meet to pour the wealth of ocean in tribute at his feet. King shall bow down before him and gold and incense bring. All nations shall adore him, his praise all people sing. To him shall prayer unceasing and daily vows ascend, his kingdom still increasing, a kingdom without end. O'er every foe victorious, he on his throne shall rest. From age to age more glorious, all blessings and all blessed. The tide of time shall never his covenant remove. His name shall stand forever, that name to us is love. All right, this is the gospel for the first Sunday in Advent. We're beginning a new church year. It begins with Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. So it doesn't actually, uh, the church year itself doesn't just start with kind of like the conception of birth and kind of go through, but in general it does. Um, this, however, wants to teach us about receiving Jesus. We're going to be uh, celebrating uh, his birth, uh, which happened long ago, but how do we how do we receive that one? Well, it begins with Matthew 21. Uh, Jesus is entering into a town. What town is he going to? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. What's going to happen in Jerusalem? He's going to die on a cross. So, we've got Jesus going to Jerusalem. They are welcoming him. Welcoming him as what? As a, as a king. Um, usually when I draw the pictures, I put a little crown in him so you know. But he didn't have a king when he came into Jerusalem. He didn't have a crown when he came into Jerusalem, did he? Uh, but they're welcoming him as, as a king doesn't have a palace can't see his army what kind of what, what do you, why would they welcome them why would they call him a king 
Uh, did Pilate think he was a king? Liam, what do you think? Why did they welcome him as a king? He is the son of God. Very good. Um, put that together with a king and a kingdom. Any connection? Heaven? Yeah. He is a ruler. You're right. Um, if well, if he is the son of God, if he is God come, he is a ruler. So that would be a king of sorts. Mark? They recognize that he's the Messiah, but they're expecting him to be an earthly king. Yeah. Uh, there was a promise made to a king. His name was David. And said that you're going to have a son, one of your sons, the son of King David, is going to reign on the throne. And then it goes on to say that he will uh, forever be on that throne. Hmm. Who's the king after David? Old Testament. Solomon, forever on the throne? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, how about the ones after Solomon? That's where it splits already. We got Jeroboam and Rehoboam, now we got two kingdoms, and now the kingdom is not even united. Um, but there was going to be one, and he, David, uh, Jesus would be in David's line. And so, to say that this would be a Davidic king, we're going to call him Hosanna to the son of David. When they call him the son of David, they're saying, oh, you're the promised Messiah. You're the Savior. They recognize that that's who he is. How do they recognize that? Uh, or how do they show it? They show him, they say, you're a king and we know it because what do they do for him? What do they do with their coats? cut palms, wave them or put them down. They lay out a red carpet of coats for him uh, that he might come in. They wave palm branches. This was a, a symbol of a, a king coming uh, back from victory. Here is the victorious king. But they're missing a really important clue because he's not riding on a white charger. He's riding on a white donkey. Ah, yes. They, there's the clue. You're right. Normally... Normally, you defeat the army, you come back in with your sword, your bloody sword, and riding on your white char, your big horse, and you're, you're right. Jesus, you know, we got a military parade. Here comes the king, and there's no armor. There's no tanks. There's no, <laughs> there's no white horses. There's no, what kind of king is this? Leon? A gentle king. Now, I don't know. Normally, if a king's going to conquer in battle, he's got to be strong. He's got to fight. He's got to... And you're saying he's going to be gentle. Huh? He's going to go up against an army and tell them, pretty please, put down your weapons. And he's going to defeat them. Yeah, kind of gentle king. Tell me about this, Luke. He's going to die. You mean he's not going to win? He's going to be... <laughs> he's going to win, but he's going to die. And you're exactly right. That's the same thing. This is a crazy story, Mark. This is not the way that Norman... There's no... Uh, uh, he comes in on a donkey. He comes in gentle. And then the way that he wins is he dies. 
they didn't get it, you're right. It'd be a novel you'd have a hard time selling, I think. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, so he comes in, um, and they welcome him as the, as the king, and yet he's coming into Jerusalem in order to suffer and die and take away sins. But this was the prophecy. But it was the prophecy. Yeah, tell me more. And it said that. What is interesting about this is that at the time that this was written, um, you didn't really have horses uh, that were around. Donkeys were the best you had. Um, by the time that this prophecy is fulfilled, you've got a whole much more travel and whatever, and the Romans are around, and they've got horses, and well, guess what? At this point, the only people that rode on donkeys were not kings. Kings rode on something else back then. But this set him apart as special. And now it sets him apart. He is unlike any other king. Yes, he is a lowly. Do you want uh, a king that's going to come and, and fight and, and put to death sin, put, fight sin and sinners? Maybe he says no, and Jonathan goes, wait a minute. What do we want? Because guess what? You're one. Do I want someone who's going to come and defeat all the wicked people? Exactly. No, because that includes me. <laughs> or do I want someone who is going to be gentle? Do I have one who is going to come and suffer and die to take away sins? It was the prophecy. It was told ahead of time. Um, Jesus is getting ready to go into Jerusalem. Uh, he picks a couple of disciples, tells them to go into the village opposite. He's, he's there to go in, there to tell this guy he wants his donkeys, and the guy tells him he can have them. Um, he doesn't tell them where they're going and, and all. There's something else going on. Uh, Judas, uh, he doesn't want Judas to know where he is going to be until the right time. So there's... There's some secrecy going on with this as well. Uh, they bring two donkeys. Hmm. Um, go, you'll find a donkey tied, a tied donkey, and then you'll find a colt with her. What kind of donkey is that tied one? How do you know it's a mother? Antlers or no antlers? No, 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 that's deer. Um, it's going to have its colt with her. Her. It's that use the pronoun her, absolutely. And so the colt, so what do you have? You got the mother donkey and she's tied up. And the colt, well, it doesn't say it's tied up. It's, well, it's just with her. Um, it's not leaving, it's not going anywhere. Mm. So untie the mother. Bring along. Um, donkeys known for obedience, Karen? Being stubborn. And Being stubborn, yes. Um, and so you got to drag the, the old mare <laughs> along, um, bring him to Jesus. Exactly. Um, and then it says uh, they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. Jesus, do you ride on two donkeys? 
Is that even possible? No. So which one does he ride on? The baby. The baby. What? He didn't ride on the mother. He rode on the baby. Why? Do you know? You're exactly right. So he would go with his gentle nature. I like that. I like that very much. The old donkey, well, is a symbol of what? The Old Testament. The Jews, the Israelites, the church in the Old Testament. And do you know what? The Old Testament Jews, they were always going away from God. They were stubborn as could be. They refer, the prophets often call them, you stiff-necked. What does that mean? You're going the wrong way and you're supposed to turn around. No, we're going this way. Right? We're going to continue to sin. And so they continued to, remember in the wilderness, they complained, they complained, they complained. God keeps trying to teach them lessons. They won't listen. And so here he's being pulled along. Hmm. But Liam, the one that follows the colt, the young uh, boy, it's the New Testament. It's willing. It, it, it wants to follow and obey. And so the Old Testament, Jane, the promises of the Old Testament, everything there, Jesus follows in it, willingly and according to, without this. What happens? He gives us a, well, by the forgiveness, gives us a free spirit. So he doesn't have to whip us and pull us along. What does he do? He gives us the forgiveness. So that, guess what? I want to come. I want to pray. I want to hear God's word. Um, I want to... uh, uh, be a child of God uh, that he might be pleased with me. This is like that which comes second. And so here comes Jesus riding on the young donkey. We've got a, a, a symbol of this in the Old Testament. They were taking the uh, Ark of the Covenant and things, and so they, they put it on uh, cows that had never had anything you know, carried upon them. There was another where a donkey where no one had ever ridden on it. And so here we have Jesus, you might say, who comes. And so he comes into Jerusalem willingly. He comes in. They say to him, Hosanna! Any Hebrew scholars? You know what Hosanna means? Give it a guess. Nope, close. All right, we got some other. You want to try Hosanna? No? Anyone else? Lord, save save us. Um, Yeshana, Lord, Hosanna. What do we have? The Lord come to save us. Save us, Lord. Um, Exactly. As a king would come, you would refer to him as the Lord, the one who has come to rescue us, to keep us safe in his kingdom and all. This is our spiritual king. This is the son of David, the special messiah. Uh, who has come to save us, Hosanna, and not just any kind of Hosanna, but a Hosanna in the highest, a Hosanna of saving us to the highest place, taking away our sins, that we might have uh, the salvation which is to come. All right, so the Lord comes to you. The prophecy said, Behold, your king is coming to you. Hmm. Why don't you go to him? Jesus is, he's, 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 who's in heaven? Why don't you just go to him? Oh. 
don't you meet halfway? Mark? How would we go? I can't. Um, you're right. And so when we talk about our sinful nature, the sin which we have, we say that spiritually we're dead in transgressions and sins. Dead people don't do much. Um, and so when someone comes to you and says, well, Jesus has done it all, you just have to do one thing. Whatever that might be. Whatever they put after that, you just, the one thing you have to do, you know, whatever that one thing is, I can't do it. Um, what do I have? I have a Jesus who bridges the gap. How far does he go? All the way. All the way. I try to illustrate this on the front of the bulletin. Uh, on the left side, it talks about uh, monergism. The ergism at the end is work. Uh, one work or a single work. What do we have? We have the work of the triune God who has bridged the gap. He has come to us to give us the gift. Um, in fact, he even by his word gives us the gift of faith to receive the gift. Even faith is a gift. You can't even say, well, I worked up a whole bunch of belief. No, God created that. And so we have monergism. God does it all for us. On the other side of this line, there are other ways that people have, well, either tried to make the scriptures say this. The scriptures don't teach any of these. Synergism is a, ergism is the work, that S-Y-N means a working together. Uh, it can be one of two ways. At the top one, it says, well, God begins, but then man simply has to complete. He has to do just a little something. Uh, and so you see, you're saved by uh, God gives faith, but then you have to do your works to keep yourself saved. That's not scriptural. Below it, turns it the other way around, says, well, if man begins, don't worry, God will complete. And so in this way, instead of faith and works, now you're saved by works and faith. Hmm. Even though those are kind of a middle ground, neither one of those are taught by the scripture. Instead, we have a Jesus who comes to us uh, and does everything that we need. On the far right is the opposite, Pelagianism. There was a, uh, a heretic named Pelagius who taught that man had to secure by his works and earn his forgiveness. Um, all three of those are to be rejected by the word of God uh, so that we might have the confidence. One of the ways I speak about this is if you have a chain and it has 99 links, no, it has 100 and you have to supply one link. One link is yours, and God does 99. How sure can you be of that chain? It's only as strong as the weakest link. If I contribute any part to that salvation, it will throw my salvation in jeopardy. It will create doubt. But if God does it all, we say this by saying, all praise be to God, he has done it all, then we can be sure of our salvation. God is the one who has done it. And so we see at the beginning of the church here a teaching that God comes to us. He comes to offer us his suffering and death. Luke, he doesn't stay dead. He rises from the dead, doesn't he? And so he defeats the devil um, and then shows it by his uh, resurrection that we might, that we might know it. Um, where there is a God who is doing all things, then we can actually do good works. Not just works. And 
not good in the sense that, that it's, it's so great, like it's my, my, wow, great thing, but it's good because, well, we do it out of thankfulness. We don't do it to earn anything. We say, well, God's already earned my salvation. Well, then why are you coming to church? Just to give thanks. So why are you forgiving your neighbor? To give thanks to the God who forgave me. Um, then our life becomes uh, one of a new will that desires to please God out of thankfulness. And that's by definition is a good work. Any work that is done in order to earn or to get something is not a good work. Questions? Comments? We've got our new sheet for tonight. About half the church here, I use one sheet, uh, which goes through the six chief parts. Uh, the other half of the church here, I'll use a responsive prayer of sorts. Uh, this is the responsive prayer for this one. It has a new picture with Luther and his uh, government official, Frederick the Wise, praying. There's many of these uh, woodcuts of different kind. Inside, we've got the first three parts of uh, the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. Uh, in the place of the other, we've got one of the Psalms. We're going to be using Psalm 1. Uh, we'll chant those responsibly. I'll do the odds and you the even. Uh, and then on the back of the bulletin, I usually have one prayer in addition. Now, I'll always use the collect or the prayer that's coming up for this Sunday, and that's included in your white sheet. Uh, because that summarizes, collects, the collect, collects the thoughts of the day into one prayer. I'll include some other prayers that we offer, if there's any uh, special prayers, either based upon the reading or uh, needs that we have, we'll pray for those. And then I usually have one prayer that we will continue to pray for about half the church year, uh, that it might somehow be committed to memory. This happens to be the prayer for peace. It's the prayer that is included at the end of every Vesper service. This prayer is one of the oldest prayers that is found in our hymnal. It goes all the way back to about the 5th century. Um, I think that's probably good enough as an introduction for, for today. Uh, prayers this evening. What should we ask God for, thank him for, praise, or confess based upon the readings this evening? Dan? Good. Thank him for the forgiveness. Absolutely. Any other? No, he came to us. Comes to us. Oh, we got to praise him because he is such a good king that he comes to us. Sometimes we say, come Lord Jesus, don't we? <laughs> All right. Um, tomorrow, uh, Keith... Uh, Zimmerman goes back for a second set of, of treatment. He actually had chemotherapy and then radiation, had some time off. He'll start chemotherapy again and radiation. Um, on the one hand, you know, that means the cancer's not gone. <laughs> on the other hand, it must be good because they're wanting to do some more. Um, you might remember he originally found it in his kidney, then his lung, and finally in his hip. So uh, he starts that tomorrow, so we'll include him in our prayers. Please stand. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, have mercy and you shall have no odds. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. 
You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. 
Stir up your power, O Lord, and come to rescue us from the threatening perils of our sins and save us by your promised deliverance. For you now live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We ask, dear Lord, that you would forgive us our trespasses, and we give you thanks for the many ways in which you offer us that good news. We praise you, O Lord, for coming to us when we were dead in our sins, and we thank you that you have made us alive and given us a new will. And we ask, dear Lord, uh, that we would uh, continue to, to serve you in thankfulness. We ask that beginning tomorrow that you would be with Keith uh, as he undergoes more treatment. And we ask that you would lessen the uh, effects of that treatment uh, which he experienced before and that uh, we ask if it is your will that it might produce healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the back of your blue sheet, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Together, O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.